Welcome to the No Limit Jumper podcast. I'm your host, James Macy. I'm here with my co-host, employee, writer, man of many names, Amari Stewart. How we doing? Doing good, man. Down in Dallas, Texas right now. Uh, enjoying the weather. It's really warm compared to, you know, Wisconsin. So enjoying it. There you go. So did you uh, hop off the, the Milwaukee Bucks bandwagon? Now you're on the Dallas um, no, <laughs> I will say uh, for anyone close to me, I did predict that the Mavs would beat the Suns in seven. Love Luca, but uh, nah, still a hometown kid. Crazy, crazy NBA season so far, and uh, I apologize to everyone who's been looking forward to another episode of our podcast. It's been a minute since uh, I actually sat down and got recording, but uh, here we are again, and we're gonna. Uh, we're going to highlight some some series, but before we get to the, the Celtics heat, which starts tonight at 830, uh, game three, uh, we're going to go over the Celtics Bucks. Um, my first question for you, Amari, um, is do you think the Bucks lost that series or the Celtics won? Well, see, I think it was a mix of both because I think the Celtics played great team basketball. And anytime you have role players step up the way Grant Williams did, Al Horford, who's old enough to be my grandpa, the way he stepped up, like you're, you're going to win a series with one of those guys. Um, at the same time, you know, the Bucs, you can't shoot 433 and ever expect to win a game or a series, especially against a team as good as Boston. So I think it was, you know, a lot of the Bucs losing the series because anyone outside, not named Giannis Antetokounmpo, probably like really didn't have a great series. But the Celtics played great basketball and they definitely deserve that series win. So I want to get your opinion. So we all know that Giannis is historically a terrible three-point shooter. Um, why do you think he settles for those shots sometimes down the stretch when he can easily get to the basket? Well, so I think part of that is Giannis, what makes Giannis so great is part of the reason why he settles for those shots is Giannis doesn't really care what anyone thinks. So there are times where I'm like, Giannis, you know, just take this guy you saw in the series. Most of the success was when he decided to play bully ball and go get those layups. But I think part of what Giannis understands, too, is every once in a while, though, he does need to shoot those threes to make the defense at least respect it. And to his credit, I believe he shot about 37% for the series. I have to verify that. But he, you know, he didn't definitely – he definitely took way more than he should have. But I think for him, he knows that to be a complete player, he has to shoot some jump shots. Now, obviously, I would like to see him attack the paint more and be more aggressive because, like I said, he had – so much more success when he would drive to the basket and force his way into a layup. But I definitely understood why he took the threes. I did just wish he would have toned it down to about two to three a game, not the five or six he was taking. So I definitely get it though. Do you think that um, Chris Middleton being out has a lot of, a lot of reason why they lost? Um, yeah, because I think it's more of not just Chris Middleton game, but, sort of a domino effect of because Chris was out, Drew Holiday had the ball way more offensively. And as much as I love Drew Holiday and I'm happy we have him, he's a big part of the reason we won the title last year. He's not really the greatest decision maker offensively. He historically shoots a very bad percentage where he takes a lot of shots, takes a lot of flat out dumb shots. And so because of that, you know, Giannis had to do more. He had the ball more. He was bringing it up more. And the defense could really zero in on him versus Chris can get you about 25 a game that you don't have to game play for. You could just ISO or just hit difficult shots 
which I think completely changed their offense because a lot of offense resolved, revolved around him doing a few ISO possessions a game and allowing others to spread around and give give Drew Holiday less offensive responsibility. And I do seriously think if Chris Middleton is healthy, the Bucks repeat as NBA champions. That's interesting because um, now with the Celtics having like a pretty much complete team um, and uh, I'd say it's a surprise performance by Al Horford and um, Grant Williams as well. He stepped up to the plate. It's, it's kind of hard to navigate that because if Chris Middleton was back in the series, I really think that series would still go seven and who knows what would happen. Now, if Horford doesn't have that 30 point game and Grant Williams doesn't have uh, a set of probably 20, 20 to 22 point games along with Jason Tatum, Marcus Smart, um, and Jalen Brown, now I think the Bucs win that series. But when you put all that together, I still feel like the Celtics win. And I feel like Milwaukee did not do a good job of protecting their home court. Um, we go back to game one where the Bucs pretty much blew them out uh, pretty much on, on in Boston. Uh, but he, I might have to say that's because of – they were so focused on game planning with Brooklyn that when they went into that series, not a lot was expected out of them in game one. But overall, I do think Milwaukee needed to, to defend their home court more. And honestly, their whole offense, even without Chris Middleton, and even if Chris Middleton was, is give the body honest and get the fuck out the way. Like, I don't like that offense because not only is he a poor three-point shooter, you know what he's going to do. It's easy to collapse in on him. And then when you don't have guys like Pat Connington and Grayson Allen uh, and Brooke Lopez not being able to shoot the three as efficiently. And another thing I, didn't, I disagreed with is why continuously would you start Grayson Allen over Bobby Portis when Bobby Portis was the reason they won? So there's just so many questions. There's so many question marks uh, heading into next season. Uh, and I think Budenhoser is – I think on the edge of losing his way with this team. Um, I can agree with that, honestly. Like, cause I, that's funny that you said it, because I said the exact same thing. Like, why are we not starting Bobby? I think Bobby probably should have been our number two offensively because I think you said he was playing some great basketball. We got to get more shooters because this is the people don't, I don't know, a lot of people tend to forget this because we won the title the year before. We shot horribly against Brooklyn and Atlanta. We shot horribly. When you have a guy like Giannis, you need to have consistent shooters. You can't have guys who are hit or miss. I personally would like to see us try and get a trade to get Duncan Robinson because if you see right now, I know we'll get to it later, but he's not even playing at all right now. He barely has played for the Heat in the playoffs. So I would like to see us get a guy like him. And like you said, our offense can't just be Giannis carries. It has to there has to be motion, passing. There has to be other guys getting involved. Guys have got to hit their open shots. So I'm not a huge fan of Bud, and well, I think it would be easy to blame him. There's nothing Bud can do again when guys are going to shoot four or 33. He, guys have got to make their shots. So, like you said, I think we have a lot of questions to answer, but I think getting some shooters could solve a lot of those questions. Yeah. Um, so, like, now we're going to move on to uh, Miami uh, and Boston. Uh, game three is tonight at 830. Um, but I kind of want to go through what Miami went through as opposed to what Boston had gone through. Now, I feel like, Miami beat my Hawks. They beat them in six. Um, to be very honest with you, um, it was a pretty beat up Atlanta team. Um, 
They didn't really have a true identity, and they completely took Trey Young out of the game. Um, guy wasn't even looking for his shot at the end of that series. Um, and it took a, a last-ditch effort from DeAndre Hunter to try to extend that series. He had 35 in that last game, and they still lost by, like, four or five. Um, n- don't get me wrong. Miami is a great team that's really well coached, but I just think getting through Atlanta and getting through a broken-down Philly team, um, I think we are starting to see why the Celtics came out with a statement win in game two. Um and to be very honest with you, Boston swept KD and Kyrie. Given whatever you can make excuses that Kyrie wasn't himself, blah, blah, blah. But they still swept KD and Kyrie, and they took Giannis to seven games. And here they are competing with Miami right now. Now, I have Boston winning in seven. I think Miami – I think Miami's a, a really good team, um, really well coached. And I just think – I've never been a fan and people who follow the Instagram page and follow the website. No, I'm not a huge fan of Jimmy Butler. Um, to me, he's not a superstar. He's a star. He's, he's not box office as Stephen A. Smith would say, but he still can get hits. But at the end of the, at the end of the day, he still makes wrong decisions during crunch time. And also I don't know why Duncan Robinson isn't playing. And the narrative now was after game one, you have Gabe Vincent and Max Struess who are starting and getting minutes, obviously Kyle Lowry. But it's like two undrafted guys are playing top-tier minutes in these finals and they're beating you. Now I feel like the narrative is shifting where it's like you have two undrafted guys in your starting lineup and this is what's happening. Max Struess, yeah, he's great, but he's been very, very, very inconsistent from the three-point line. I I, I actually wrote him down on my article as one of the uh, uh, the rising players in the playoffs this year. But with his incons- inconsistency and Gabe, Vin- Gabe Vincent not really being a factor, you're putting a lot of stress and a lot of hardship on Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo. Um, Tyler Hero, ever since his finals run in the bubble, he's been – he just disappeared. Um, now, what I think – it what I think the only, the only, the only time that Miami, I, I'm sorry, I'm screwing myself up. Miami won game one because Boston had injuries. And now that you're seeing Boston with uh, not a, not a healthy lineup, but uh, a lot, their lineup back, it, the narrative is changing. And I feel like Boston's probably going to run, run, run away with the series and go to the finals. Uh, yeah. So, Funny, some things I've noted about Miami, like you said, they sort of beat up on two injured teams. They really beat Philly basically without him beating. He was playing extremely hard and missed a few games as well. Um, I think, like you put out earlier, like I think with this series, we're really just seeing a talent disparity at this point. If we're gonna be honest, like Butler is not as good as Jason Tatum, and I really don't even think there's an argument to be made there. Like Jason Tatum, after this season, I think will be solidified as a top seven player in the world. Jimmy Butler is not close to that, in my opinion. He's probably somewhere closer to 12. And Bam, I don't think – I think Bam has always been over in his career. I love Bam, actually. Like, I love him since Kentucky. But Bam is no Jokic, no – he's not Joel Embiid. He's not those guys. He's, he's a B-plus center, right? And you're playing these guys, Gabe, Vincent, and you're putting a lot of pressure on them to succeed. And they're simply just not as good as Boston. 
Jason Tatum has completely evolved. Whereas in the bubble, when they ran this zone that they run, sort of like match zone type thing that they're running right now against the Celtics, Jason Tatum really at that point in his career couldn't handle it. And he was trying to dribble it and play hero ball and show sidestep threes and win it. And Jason Tatum has matured to a point in his career where I just think that stuff is going to work on him. And they don't really have the talent to guard the Celtics straight up. And like you said, I think it's sort of just a mismatch now. Originally going into it, I had questions about if Tatum could beat that zone. And I originally had Heat in six. And I think I'm going to move off of that and go to Boston in six. Just because I I don't really think it's – the talent-wise, it's not that great. And Ime Udoka, I think, is one of the top coaches in the league right now. Absolutely. And I think from the Miami perspective is, when is Kyle Lowry going to come back? Is he ever going to be healthy? Um, you see Marcus Smart playing through injury. Jason Tatum's playing through an injury. Rob Williams is not himself yet. Al Horford is going in and out of health and safety protocols. It's like, what what is really wrong with Kyle Lowry? To where now we're finally saying, when is he going to come back? Because before before game two happened, we weren't really worried about when he was going to come back. Um, I think Miami is just going to fall completely apart. I think they have a lot of guys that you could fit into the starting lineup. And one of the, the positives out of game one was they had so much depth. You could, you could, they're, they're at least 11 guys deep, whereas Boston is probably seven to eight guys deep, but their seven or eight are very, very tough compared to Miami's uh, 10, 11 guys. But more importantly, it's, I don't think the whole Miami way is not really a thing because if it really was a thing, you'd see guys be more durable and see guys be willing to lay it all on the line. Um, when's the last time Miami had a real shot at going to the finals? They, they had it in the bubble and they lost it completely. And honestly, you could sit there and say that um, the bubble was a fluke, everything else like that. But as we start to see this series play out, we really got to ask ourselves is – is Miami ready to be done with Jimmy Butler or do you keep Jimmy Butler and keep building around him and Bam? Because right now I'm starting to give up on him. Well, I think you keep Jimmy Butler. I think Jimmy Butler has last year against the Bucks, he was basically non-existent um, as a player, but I think Jimmy's been really the only guy you really have counted on. And I think you do anything you can to go get another guy. Cause right now I think it's just a talent thing. You have all these duos in the East, and they really are close to you. Be honest and Chris, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, you have you have KD and Kyrie who weren't that great this year, but still a more talented duo. Honestly, I think if Embiid's healthy, the Sixers probably beat them. You just – they don't have the talent necessary. And Jimmy really I, – I don't really think he's a guy who can be the best player on your championship team. So I don't think you give up on him if you can get another guy who is either – right here with them or better but if you can't you they might have to consider next year possibly looking to rebuild because he's not getting any younger um and I think this is about as far as it goes I think they got a little lucky not having to face Boston or Milwaukee in the second round they kind of got lucky that Boston walked up to face each other because even without Chris I don't think they're beating Milwaukee and I think we're seeing right now they're not beating Boston so the Heat are another two. I just, I just really don't think they have the high-end talent. And as of now, in my opinion, for the next few years, I really don't see anyone in the East unless 
Boston or unless Philly makes some huge changes, I don't really see anymore. And I think it's going to be Bucks Celtics for a while running the East for viewers, unless Miami can do something drastic and get another star player. Cause right now without another star, they're just not there. And lastly, what's your uh, prediction for game three tonight? Oh, so I think this is going to really determine how this series will go. I think if Boston wins tonight, I think it's over. I think it's a must win for Miami. Miami has to get up 2-1. They they have to. In my opinion, Boston goes up 2-1. I think it's done. I think we are going to see a much better game played by the Heat. I think they're going to play more complete basketball. Their guys are going to hit some of their shots. But ultimately, I think in the end, I think we're going to see Jason Tatum show us why he's a top seven player and why he should probably be considered a top five player, honestly, after this year. And I think he's going to ice the heat in a very close game. And I got the Celtics winning it going up 2-1. I got Celtics going up 2-1 as well. Um, it's going to be hard, especially when if, if Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and Marcus Smart all go for 25 apiece. That's very tough. Um, you got Rob Williams back. Al Horford's coming back. Peyton Pritchard, guys who can just flat out score the basketball. Everyone's playing as a team. Uh, Grant Williams can come out of nowhere. He's been the story of the playoffs by far. Not Probably not in the first round, but the second and third round, definitely. Um, I have Boston coming out on top, but you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Miami comes out 2-1. Um, but another thing is, is with this Celtics team, I never count them out because even if they go down 2-1, they were down 3-2 and they came back and won it in 4-3. So when their backs are against the wall, they play a lot better. Um, but lastly, Celtics are going to go up 2-1. I'm not really going to predict the score because I'm really terrible at that. Um, yeah. It either will be a blowout or really close. And, yeah, it's all going to come down to if Jimmy Butler wants to actually score the ball or he wants to get his teammates involved. Because, honestly, outside of Butler, I don't see – I mean, Bam might go for a double-double. He might give you 20 and 10. But outside of them two, I don't really see anyone else stepping up. And the playoffs are all about the role players. So, yeah. Last I agree. Um, uh, yeah, I agree. Like I said, I just – I don't really think they have another guy who can – in. Bam can give you 20, but I don't – outside of Jimmy, they don't have another guy who can give you 30, whereas Boston showed they honestly have four or five guys who could go for 30 on any given night, which I think, like you said, I think that'll be the deciding factor in tonight's game, and we'll really see what Miami's made of tonight. All right, guys, stay tuned. Game three is at 8.30 tonight, either on ESPN or TNT. I do not know yet, but that is all we have. Thank you for tuning in to the NLJ Podcast.